Actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem. Actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Squat Cobbler. This is Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And I am Dr. Mike at Official Pagan on everything. And before we get started, we would just very much like to request that you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel or our podcast on any other means that you consume this content. Yes, everyone. Squat Cobbler, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Okay, three times. That's it. We're golden. <laughs> That's, it. <laughs> That's it. They got it now. Lock it. All right. We are back doing another Cobbler Mix. It's my list this week. And recently on the album Prisoner Exchange, we did Frank Zappa and Captain Beefheart's Bongo Fury, which got me back in a Zappa kind of mood. And my hunch was, while you're familiar with Zappa, I'm going to guess most of these songs you were new to. Is that fair? For the most part, yeah. So I'm a huge Hot Rats fan, and then I like Jazz from Hell a lot, and I've delved into a few of the live records. But, I mean, he's, there's a ton of Zappa-related <laughs> Zappa yes. stuff, so I, I certainly am no expert. Yeah, I went through a lot in trying to kind of pick these, and these are of all of the Zappa's stuff these are really at the top of the list for me i had chic your booty uh, i had gotten when it came out and i loved 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 that album but as i went back through it again trying to carve out oh, i bet that's like oh i bet you there's gonna be two or three songs off of that as i went through it eventually i said eh, i mean they're great i mean enjoy them they're good but i did actually did include one we'll talk about it shortly but uh as i just kind of went across this vast catalog there were a number and then there's one on here that I consider possibly the greatest song of all time. And we'll talk a little more about that when we get to it. Interesting. So not the not the greatest song of all time, but a darn good song. We'll start off with Electric Aunt Jemima. And strictly speaking, this is a mother's song. This is the original Mothers of Invention. It's off uh, the Uncle Meat album, another really great album, possibly a prisoner exchange down the road. But Mr. Zappa was a big fan of the doo-wop kind of sound. He actually did a, a standalone album called Cruisin' with Ruben and the Jets. And the original Mothers had several vocalists that could kind of pull off this kind of poncho falsetto kind of thing and you get that big time 
in Electric Aunt Jemima. And it's really reflective of kind of the sound of the early mothers and a really fun song. And it is done in kind of a deranged doo-wop kind of way. Strange lyrics to it. A little bit of some of the the flares that Zappa's known for, but just kind of a catchy, different little song done in a doo-wop style. So your thoughts on Electric Aunt Jemima. Had never heard this song before. <laughs> Not really familiar with the early mother stuff. The thing that struck me about this, and it, and it was probably mostly predicated on the fact that we were recently discussing them, but this definitely puts me in the same headspace of listening to like something from Butthole Surfers, where you just don't know where it's going. There are so many different influences happening in there. And I really like that. I think because I listen to so much music and and you do as well. So maybe you've run into this too. I think what draws me to certain artists, whether it's Frank Zappa, Captain Beefheart, Butthole Surfers, stuff that's more intricate and experimental and just generally outside of the box like that is because I listen to so much music, not knowing what's going to happen or not knowing what I'm diving into is just as exciting as listening to a record that I already know I like. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think it really does capture for Butthole Surfers, given my limited exposure to them. Zappa, for sure, is that you really have no idea (laughs) when the next album comes out where it's going to necessarily go. It's always really very interesting. And this playlist kind of reflects some of that diversity pretty well. I love a lot of the early mother stuff. And of all the early mother stuff, Electric Aunt Jemima has always been kind of one of my, my favorites. So. Yeah, I'd never heard it before, but it makes me want to go and listen to the album, which to me on a playlist, whether it's one of our prisoner exchange playlists, something that someone else recommends. I mean, that's the idea is to kind of make you want to delve deeper into it. So right off the bat, this playlist is doing exactly what it should be. So we'll roll right into the next one is off the aforementioned Sheik Your Booty Flakes. It's actually the second song on the album. Picked this one for a variety of reasons. Possibly my favorite part of Flakes is about halfway through we are treated with a wonderful Bob Dylan impersonation by Adrian Ballou. Adrian Ballou is from King Crimson and has done a lot of other things as well. And he was a guitarist for Zappa for a pretty good stretch. And he pulls off to me a very entertaining Bob Dylan rendition playing off the basic theme of incompetence and things not working well it's got the uh several tempo changes to it you get uh, a lot of things happening cleverly lyrically and musically it's not oscar wilde humor (laughs) shall we say it's a little more basic than that but it's a funny song we got bob dylan stuck in the middle of it and a a lot of action going on and several major kind of pacing and, and structure changes throughout the song so I enjoyed this one as well. So I, I really enjoyed this song. I liked the the referencing of Dylan. And it sort of ties it back to your last playlist as well with, with sort of a Dylan referencing track on there. So one of the things that's interesting to me, particularly with this album, I remember seeing this album everywhere. Like a number of people I knew had this record. I remember seeing it in stores and things like that, like of Frank's catalog of the Zappa catalog of the things that I've seen around. I I feel like this album was everywhere and I'm just not that familiar with it. Maybe because it was everywhere. I just sought out other things first. So for me personally, and we're, we're going to get to that in a minute, like Joe's garage, I think was the first Zappa record I actually listened to. So it's interesting to me that I've seen this album so many times and never listened to it as far as I know. Maybe there's a song or two off that I'm familiar with, but never delved into it. And once again, makes me want to go and check it out. Yeah, Frank was not inundated with commercial success with his music. 
but uh, Shiku Booty had Dancing Fool on it, and I think that's probably why you saw it everywhere you saw it. That makes and, sense, yeah. So I am familiar with that. So that that was, you know, anytime you get something that kind of goes commercially. I think kind of Dancing Fool and Valley Girl were probably, and maybe Don't Eat the Yellow Snow, were really about the only Zappa songs that ever got any any kind of consistent airplay. But this was, uh, Dancing Fool did really well. <laughs> and uh, and so people bought his double album set. It was a big investment to go ahead and get it. But it had a lot of really cool stuff on it. Terry Bazio from Missing Persons and a variety of other things played drums on it and also was featured heavily in uh, Shiki Booty as well and does some great vocal work on it. All righty, this is the song. We are now moving to Joe's Garage, the title track to Joe's Garage, the introduction to Joe's Garage. Joe's Garage ended up being two releases, a single album uh, that this song is off of, followed by a double album that concluded the Joe's Garage saga. And this kind of sets the whole thing up. And as a song, this has everything in it I think you could want. It's some tremendous vocals. It's got a a, a linear storyline that you can follow that has humor to it. Again, as as always noted, kind of with Zappa stuff, a lot of pacing changes to it. A little bit of doo-wop influence into it. The little guitar riff that all we did was play a song like, and then they played a little riff. Makes its way all the way through the Joe's Garage sing. I think it's really cool. I just think this is just, when you think about what's an enjoyable song to listen to, I think you can listen to Joe's Garage over and over again and always enjoy it. So this is when I talk about greatest song of all time. This is, to me, a really strong one, and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you said. Definitely a really strong song. So as we touched on in the last track, Joe's Garage was my introduction to Frank Zapp as far as listening to his music. So I had heard Valley Girl and Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. Occasional radio play on like local classic rock stations and things like that. Not a lot of radio play, but the occasional. And I was familiar with him more as like a music personality. Back when MTV, the M was for music back then, he would they would occasionally play clips and different things of him. So like I knew Frank app existed i knew who he was i never really delved into an album though and it was actually something that i was reading because i started getting into longer records at one point and i was reading something and it was saying you know how joe's garage was you know one of the quintessential sort of longer albums like you said released in two parts initially when i listened to it it was the cd version where it was all packaged together volumes one two and three so i did get to experience it as one gigantic (laughs) record and one big chunk of time sitting down with it so this was really my introduction hot rats is definitely my favorite but joe's garage is definitely something that holds a special place for me so i love this song in particular as well but this was my introduction to it so this of everything on the playlist this is the one i know yeah and ike willis handles the lead vocal duties on joe's garage he's joe uh, in the story arc, and he carries forward, and I'm a big Ike Willis fan, I love, he's just got this really powerful voice, very soulful, uh, really cool, and he can kind of pull off a more guitar-driven rap as well, as we find out in the next song, Promiscuous, which is off uh, Broadway the Hard Way uh, by Frank. I've looked a little bit at our YouTube data, and I would say that our listenership skews a little bit older not presidential candidate old, but a little bit older. <laughs> not not the youngsters, though. Not, not, not the youngsters. So we may not have a lot of youngsters listening to us, but in case we do, I have to provide a little bit of context for them 
to explain the majesty of promiscuous. So back in the day when Ronald Reagan was president, he appointed in the dark times for the empire. The Surgeon General. Do we still have a Surgeon General? Uh, yeah, but I have no <laughs> idea who it is. <laughs> yeah, I could, couldn't tell you. Is it Pence? It might be Pence. <laughs> He's vice president. <laughs> It could be both. Don't okay. hold him down. Don't put right. him in a box, right. Kelly. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't really. Ready to grow away. You know, back back in the day, surgeon generals were around in a couple of more uniforms and stuff, <laughs> including Doctor C. Everett Coop, who was the surgeon general, the nation's doctor, uh, during the Reagan year, and he uh, tended to favor a very kind of almost. Uh, white navy dress formal uniform so it was like a big white coat and epaulets and stuff like those and so he was truly a surgeon general <laughs> he had it all going on and you just need to have that piece of information that and he was the surgeon general as the aids epidemic began to to kind of become more understood in terms of the risks and challenges and everything that was going on and so he began to provide advice to all Americans on ways to avoid problems and a lot of it dealt with not being promiscuous. And so Frank, in his own way, puts together this amazing rap-ish song called Promiscuous that has, you know, the magical lyrics. He looked in the camera and adjusted his specs and gave a fascinating lecture about anal sex. And then with some appropriate sound effects occurring in the background as the guy sang, uh, it's really interesting. But it uh, it's kind of on point. It's really sharp. It gets in towards the tail end of some conspiracy theories on where did this actually come from? And he had some ideas. But Frank, shockingly enough, not a big Reagan fan. That became somewhat clear in the song. But I thought this was really well constructed and a really fun song. And I was going through the Zappa song that I was going to share with you. I said, Mike will certainly enjoy this song. (laughs) I'm going to include this. So I candles the vocal duties on this as well. Your thoughts on Promiscuous. Are you an anal sex guy, Kelly? <laughs> so that's not going to make set them that a, one up. Yeah, that's not going <laughs> to make point. the master cut. <laughs> you know, when we get to our 200th episode, we'll pull all the, are you an X guy, Kelly? This one will probably be missing, <laughs> just so you know. Any other questions well, or comments? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I uh, didn't have a whole lot of backstory. I mean, I was able to put a lot together. I didn't want to go. I, I wanted to go and research the song, but I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to be skewed in in any way. I mean, I kind of got the gist of, of where it was going. It's it's not that subtle of a song where you can't kind of follow the storyline that it's presenting you with. Yep. Um, Tell, tells people to get another hobby. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that there's a, a long history of maybe even today of of politicians and leaders and things like that sort of missing the mark on their on their whether whether they're well-intentioned or not kind of missing the mark on things and i think frank zappa is clearly somebody who is incredibly adept at skewering that (laughs) part of our culture there's a lot of humor in a lot of his songs this is one of the funniest in my opinion one of the things that i really like about him is that he does put so much humor into his songs but never to the detriment of the songs this isn't a comedy record or anything like that like this is serious music this is a, a musical craftsman who can still have fun 
with what he's doing, even if he is sort of poking fun at an outdated, even then outdated sort of view of our, our political establishment at the time. So it was really fun to hear. It also put me in mind of, so probably not that long after that, Frank Zappa appeared at the congressional trials with the PMRC over the, the terrible, filthy music that was destroying the youth of our country. And essentially Al Gore, the man who should never be president, <laughs> used millions and millions of taxpayer dollars so that his wife's PTA group could have congressional hearings on whether or not we should force government censorship on music. And uh, Frank Zappa testified at those hearings incredibly well, I would say, more effectively than anyone else, because most of the press, I feel like at the time, was uh, thrown on D. Snyder, uh, in part because it was actually the Gores who invited D. Snyder <laughs> to testify, thinking that he would make a fool of himself. And he, he gave eloquent testimony and was able to answer all their questions and things like that. So it kind of blew up in their faces. And then they also invited uh, John Denver, thinking that he would back their side of things when instead he took a very hard anti-censorship stance. The person who really did the most, though, for the anti-censorship movement was Frank Zappa. Because he kind of went crazy and <laughs> balanced it out a little bit because... He wanted the in-between, which is what we eventually got with the warning stickers on labels, which contrary to what the PMRC was trying to do in the beginning, ended up driving record sales up substantially. <laughs> so it was a brilliant move on his part. His album around that time was Jazz From Hell, which is an instrumental album. And when they settled on doing the parental advisory stickers, he proudly slapped one on his instrumental album. <laughs> And it drove up sales of the album, which is exactly what he wanted. So brilliant, man. I think few artists have been able to so skillfully skewer politics the way that he does. And I think this song is a great microcosm of that. So definitely my favorite on the playlist. He name checks PMRC in promiscuous as well. And then shortly, I, I don't know if it was before or after Jazz from Hell, a Ship Arriving Too Late to Save a Drowning Witch came out, and uh, that had Valley Girl on it. But in addition to that, it had a lot of the audio snippets from the from the hearings and uh, a lot of electronic playing with it in terms of additional commentary and sound effects and all those types of things as well. And he's got a, a nice snippet of Al Gore introducing him and kind of trying to cool up being Al Gore. But, well, I was actually a very big fan of your music. And then all of a sudden you get this electronic sample. Gee, maybe I could be a rock star too. <laughs> you know, and that kind of goes off. And he finishes his testimony. And uh, it's, it's great you mentioned John Denver because he's got the part of the clip where it's like, you know, basically saying, thank you, Mr. Zappa, for your testimony. Next up, John Denver. And so it uh, captured all those types of things. So Ship Arriving Too Late to Save a Drowning Witch has some nice callbacks to the true PMRC. And it also proudly sported the explicit lyric label. Very nice. And there's, for anybody who's more interested in that, it's not a great movie, but there is a TV movie about the trials. So can always go search that out the guy who played frank zappa did a decent job though back in the day on that just see the clips of tipper gore al's wife who was was so outraged by this holding up a deaf leopard album who who are not the merchants of satan <laughs> you know i would tend to say uh overall but she goes what's the message here and, and she was holding up pyromania and the cover of pyromania i'm sure most people are familiar with has a, a big skyscraper and there's explosions kind of coming out and flames coming out of the building she goes, what's the message? Burn, burn the building. This is the message. It's like, no, it's a cool cover, <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
It's a shame the record's not as good, but yeah. <laughs> the cover definitely is. It's a good cover. Shot. Yeah, it's a good cover. <laughs> it's it's definitely better than the cover uh, for the album the next song is on, which is The Man from Utopia is the, the name of the Zappa album, and this is basically the title track, which is The Man from Utopia Meets Mary Lou. Possibly one of the more horrific Frank Zappa covers I've ever seen, but kind of cool in its own way. But it's it's Frank as kind of Frank meets Conan the Barbarian if Conan played guitar and was exceptionally scary looking. But the song doesn't line up with the cover too much at all because it's, again, back to some of that almost doo kind of thing. This one is just music, music to me. There's no big point to it. There's not a huge kind of storyline going on behind the lyrics at all, but it's well-crafted. It's fun. It goes through a lot of tempo changes. You get a lot of group vocal stuff going on with it that's really cool. Uh, you get some breaks in it where there's some nice guitar work as well. So it's a fun little song. And as I was going through looking for the list, I go, well, this is this is different than everything else because it's not either making a point like Promiscuous did or is this kind of next level amazing thing of Joe's Garage, but just great craftsmanship and a really fun doo-woppy, how can you not like this song, makes you smile kind of deal. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I loved the cover. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? It scares um, me a little bit. (laughs) So I've never, I've definitely never seen this one. Loved the cover art for it because it reminds me of the early Troma movie posters. So Troma, for anyone who doesn't know, is an independent studio. They made a lot of B movies, mostly horror and sci-fi stuff. But a, a lot of big stars did end up getting roles in some of their early films. But Troma has been churning out movies for 40 plus years, I believe now. Their early posters for their films were, were similar to the Hollywood posters in that they were largely painted, no, you know, photography or anything like that, that that became more popular in, you know, later 80s into the 90s. But the painted sort of drawn and painted posters and things like that. But theirs, because being lower budget, not having... <laughs> Everything like theirs always seemed like a little bit off, like just not the same polish and veneer that the big Hollywood movies had that they were trying to emulate the posters of. And to me, that always kind of added something to them. Like they, their cover art always seemed more interesting in a way because it was it was cool looking, but it was it was slightly off. And that's kind of how I felt looking at this. It reminded me of like an old trauma movie poster. The song itself, though, like you said, I I didn't pick up on any kind of like underlying theme or anything to it. And that's fine. You don't always have to do that. I, I just enjoyed the song as a song. Yeah, and it is an eye-catching cover. That's right. It gets your attention, that's for sure. It doesn't make me angry like Raise Your Fist in Hell, which makes Kelly a lot more angry yeah, than it does me. Makes me very angry. <laughs> yeah, this one doesn't make me angry. It just scares me a little bit. Yeah, it's not it's not that like aggressively bad. It's it's that like slightly off <laughs> kind of cartoonish look to it, which I which I kind of enjoyed and appreciated. So I was actually intrigued by the cover art. Yeah, it's a good album. I do I do enjoy it. And I said this was one of the funnest songs on it. And we will wrap up the list with The Meek Shall Inherit Nothing. This has uh, been around for some time. It's made a couple appearances. The most recent one was on You Are What You Is. And kind of basically Frank Outlet. Frank doesn't really have much time for politicians, structured religion. <laughs> and uh, he kind of outlays his philosophy, which is basically do what you want to, do what you will, just... Don't mess up your neighbor's thrill. And as you pay the bill, kindly leave a little tip to help the next poor sucker on this one-way trip. So he kind of lays out his worldview on that. It's a very Zappa-esque sounding song. And it just basically kind of basically points out, hey, (laughs) 
all these people in authority want to tell you how to lead your life. Maybe you just need to be cool to people and that's enough and don't buy into all this other crap. So I thought it was, I mean, it was kind of very much, I think, him articulating his point of view in a, in a really fun, uh, well-executed song. Yeah, really fun song. This is another one that I had heard before. Uh, so I, I was familiar with the song and it, it's a worldview I don't disagree with. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where you fall on it, but I kind of, you know, we've done some of these political shows now because of Kelly and his controversial viewpoints. We've done some of these more political leaning shows. And if it hasn't come across, while I don't really delve into a lot of my personal politics, I'm I'm not, I can say this openly, not really a huge fan of, of the government in general <laughs> and the, the, the system that we currently have. So I, I can kind of like relate to some of the, I don't really fall on either side. I think the whole structure we have is a little bit off and maybe we should just focus on just kind of being better people and just focus on yourselves. Fine. If you want to do that, I guess <laughs> that's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, meanwhile, starting militia. That's right. Well, you want to, you want to keep your options open, <laughs> you know, just, just uh, I would, I, I would share your and Frank's point of view that the government isn't always your friend. <laughs> Matter of fact, it's seldom your friend, and it'd sure be nice if all institutions focused a little bit better on being kinder and helping each other. So I can support that. What I can't support is Hanson. They're horrible. They're terrible people. <laughs> and we could be kind to everyone but Hanson. It would be my, my point of view. So I think I totally agree with that. And I would like to point out that everybody just heard Kelly say he supports an anarchist coup that he will be leading with his militia. And if I were, not that I plan have plans here, but if I were, <laughs> I would have a black tank with flames painted on the side with speakers on the outside playing the Rolling Stones under cover of the night, 7 by 24 as I rolled over the hills. <laughs> and it would be amazing. <laughs> not, See, people? Not all planned I, out. Not that I've given any thought to it. We'll include the undercover of the night song in the blog post for you folks to see how truly awesome it would be to have my black tank with flames on it come over the hill. And on that cheery note, hope you've all liked and subscribed, but I don't have, like any, <laughs> I don't have anything else for this week. Do you, sir? No, sir. <laughs> all right. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for listening and uh, we'll be back again soon. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.